0: Hi, everybody. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Today, I have many things to talk about. President Trump, for one. What they're saying about him is that he's mentally deranged in some form or another. He's a narcissist. He's a this. He's a that. What a bunch of hype. I'll tell you, this is a mess. But God has other things in mind for him, I'll tell you. Please pray for our president. Now I want to talk about the uh, so-called revival of the Roman Empire. There's nothing in Scripture, as far as I know, that says anything about Rome being resurrected. If there is, please email me at Jesus is why at gmail.com. I'm not after anything. I don't want your email address. I don't want to have a conversation unless you want me to. Then I'll be glad to, but uh, I want to know what makes people think it's the Roman Empire that has to be resurrected. I want to talk about the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Let's just read some of Revelation and see what it says about that. In case you've never tried to find a scripture using Google, I strongly suggest you get the hang of it. It's pretty easy. You just hit your icon on your phone, the G icon. Then there's a little microphone in the upper right-hand corner. You hit that. Then you say, the four horsemen of the apocalypse in the Bible. And, boom. According to the Public Domain Review, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are described by John of Patmos in his book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament. The chapter tells of a book, or scroll, in God's right hand that is sealed with seven seals. So, we go to Revelation 6. And here's what it says in the NLT version of the Bible, which I really like very much. As I watched, the Lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll, and then I heard one of the four living beings say with a voice like thunder, Come! I looked up, and I saw a white horse. I want to talk about these colors, these four colors of the four horses. A white horse standing there, its rider carried a bow and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. When uh, when the lamb broke the second seal, I heard a second living being say, Come. Then another horse appeared this one was a red one. Its rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to take peace from the earth. And there was war and slaughter everywhere. Verse 5 When the Lamb broke the third seal, I heard the third living being say, Come. I looked up and I saw a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice from another, or I'm sorry, from among the four living beings saying, A loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay. And don't waste the oil or the olive oil and wine. When the Lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being say, Come. Then I looked up, and I saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion was the Grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with a sword, famine, disease, and wild animals. So the first one was the white horse. The white horse represents, in my view, according to this, um, a deceiver, a deceiver who looks white and clean and strong, but he rode out to win many battles and take the victory. I don't believe this is Jesus. I don't believe this is the lamb. Then in verse 3, the second one was the red one whose rider was given a mighty sword and authority to take peace from the earth. What else can that be but war? He says right after that, and there was war and slaughter everywhere. So red signifies war. And then the third one, he looked up and saw a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand and measuring out pieces of wheat. And he says, a loaf of wheat or three loaves of barley cost a day's pay. Can you imagine working for a loaf of wheat bread for a whole day just to get a loaf of wheat bread? And don't waste the olive oil and the wine. What else could that be but famine? Famine. And then the fourth one, was pale green. And its writer was named Death and his companion the grave. And these were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with a sword, famine, and disease, and wild animals. That these is the two, Death and the grave. None of that sounds like good news, not at all. However, there is good news. I want to read to you um, verse 9, and this is what happens after the return of Christ. Well, in in verse 8, he says, And he took the scroll, the four living beings, and this is chapter 5, Revelation, And the uh, twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they held golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And that can be you and me. And they sang a new song with these words, You are worthy to take the scroll, break its seals, and open it. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And that can include you and me. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. What? Yeah. You have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And they will reign On the earth. (laughs) Wow. You know, we hear all the time that he died and went to be with the Lord. No, no, they're awaiting a resurrection. Excuse me, a, a resurrection from the dead. They're not alive, they're not conscious, but they are coming back when Christ returns and they will be a kingdom of priests, and they will reign on the earth. Can you imagine a godly president like our President Trump? I know he's not perfect. Believe me, I know that. I'm aware of that. But he's trying. He's a new Christian, and he's trying to be a good and faithful president. So far, I think he's done an outstanding job running rings around every other president from George Washington on up. That's my view. The naysayers haven't got a leg to stand on. They're making themselves look like a bunch of idiots, in my opinion. He says in verse 11, chapter 5 of Revelation, Then I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and elders, and they sang a mighty chorus. And this is what they said, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and they sang this, blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. So be it. We believe the same things, in other words. And the 24 elders... Elders fell down and worshipped the Lamb. Wow. Now let's talk about the flags of Islam and the countries that embrace these four uh, uh, horsemen's colors. Red, white, black, and green. Who are they? Does God make it so hard to identify the flags? Look at the flags of Spain and Portugal and France and Italy and Germany and Romania and uh, other places in Europe. Are any of them white, red, black, and green? No. Well, not entirely. Here's the ones in the world that I've found that do have white, red, black, and green in them, Jordan, Palestine, or the Palestinian uh, people, Sudan, Kuwait, the UAE, United Arab Emirates, Libya, Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq, and Iran, except for... um, The Iranian flag has no black in it, so far as I can tell. And then Yemen, Oman, and Egypt. I looked at Turkey, and Turkey's is red and white. Saudi Arabia is green and white. Turkmenistan is green, white, red, and gold with black accents In the end, I believe that these are the ten nations that will uh, be lifted up, resurrected, if you will. And look, it's like this. The Catholic Church, during the Middle Ages, tried to destroy Islam, tried to defeat it, tried to wipe it out, but they could not do it. They almost did it. So, This is the country, this is the group, this is the nation, we'll call it, that is being raised from the dead. That's my opinion. These ten, these twelve, how many ever there's going to be, I think it's going to be ten in the end, will band together, join together as one to try to defeat Christ at his return but he will win. That is the good news. That's the good news. We have a Savior who's coming to fix what's wrong on the earth and to rule and reign as the mighty King, the King and Lord of every person on earth, including you and me. Do we need a president like that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Why? Because there is so much evil in the world. Why? Why is there so much evil in the world? It's everywhere. And why is the weather so bad right now? Why is it so disruptive? Huge snowstorms killing people. The cold itself is killing people all over the United States, Europe, Russia, China, all over the world. Earthquakes everywhere, pestilences. Where, where do pestilences come from these days? Is it plagues of locusts? Some, somewhere in Africa probably. But largely these are man-made. They're man-made from the chemtrails that they're Uh, they're doing, they're spraying us overhead, these aerosols. What's in these aerosols? There's a whole host of things, That's, that's for sure. Aluminum oxide, for one, and other nanoparticles, particles of bacteria, of waste products, of human flesh, believe it or not. They're spraying this stuff to get rid of it once and for all, supposedly. And I thought that they were doing this just to end global warming, reflecting all that solar energy back out into space, you know, to stop global warming. Would that be a good thing? Does man have the right or the ability to control the weather? I'm here to say, no, they do not have the right And they certainly have no business doing what they think best over what God does. When I was a kid, the skies were beautiful. They were clear, little puffy, pillowy clouds floating by. It was beautiful. But today, we see streaks. We see bizarre-looking clouds that don't belong. They don't fit. They are ugly. They are ugly compared to that. So, why? Well, it's because of this aerial spraying. They're making a grid pattern all over and around this whole earth. And they're getting paid big bucks for it. They're having another God before the true God, and they're trying to replace the God that made this earth. Shame on them all. Big time, one and all. And why? They're making people sick. It's getting in our food, in our water. This is the real agenda. They're trying to kill people. They're trying to um, uh, reduce the population of planet Earth. Don't they realize they have to live there too? Well, they stay inside, away from all the... uh, The pollutants they're putting out there. And they know when and where to go to avoid getting sick. Well, not everybody has the money to do that kind of an option. So I pray for this uh, the people that are on the planet right now that are innocent and not the ones that are causing this mess. They need to be taken out. They need to be taken down. And I'll guarantee you that when Jesus returns, they will be gone forever. Gone forever. Many of my listeners has, have heard me read the message for the nations from Isaiah 34. And I'll just reiterate a few things, but I want to go into... Uh, more about what's going to happen in the future and why we should have hope. Let the world and everything in it hear my words, and this is God speaking. It says, Come here, O nations, and listen, O nations of the earth. For the Lord is enraged against the nations. His fury is against all their armies, and he will completely destroy them, dooming them to slaughter Wow. Verse 6, The sword of the Lord is drenched with blood, covered with fat, with the blood of lambs and goats, the fat of rams, prepared for sacrifice. Yes, the Lord will offer a sacrifice in the city of Basra. Where is Basra today? Well, there's actually two of them. I believe both of them are in Saudi Arabia and Iraq. Well, one one in each probably. He will make a mighty slaughter in the land of Edom. Where's that? Where did Esau land? Where did he go? I'm going to say Iraq and Iran in that area. Afghanistan and his people kind of spread out all over the Middle East. Verse 8, For it is the day, of the Lord's revenge, the year when Edom will be paid back for all it did to Israel. And you'll remember, back in the Old Testament, he told us what he did. He turned his back on his mother and father's instructions. This is Esau I'm talking about. Esau chose to marry women that had foreign gods that knelt down to idols. And so he began to do the same thing his wives did. This is the problem he's got with Edom. He's an idolater. Instead of worshiping the true God, do we do that today? Do we worship another God before the true God? Oh, yes. Everybody on earth almost, does that. If you think more about your money and about how to get it than you do about God, guess what? More than likely, you are having another God before the true God. Verse 8, chapter 34, um, continues, um, This will be the time, the year, when Eden will be paid back for all it did to Israel. Israel wanted to go through the land of Edom, but the Edomites would not let them. So they had to go around through the desert for 40 years and such. But anyway, verse 9. The streams in Edom or of Edom will be filled with burning pitch. What's that? Well, it's asphalt tar. It's oil. 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 And the ground will be covered with fire. Isn't this what I've been saying for years? Yes. Isn't that what's in my books about the end of the world? Yes. Well, where's the oil at in, on the earth? It's right there in the Middle East, the most dangerous places on this planet because of its oil. The oil isn't even buried in some places in Iraq. In central Iraq, it's open and forming little pools and lakes full of nothing but oil. And if they nuke that, guess what happens? It'll catch fire so hot that no one will get near it. There's no way to get near it. They can't even fly over it to try to put it out. So the smoke of that fire is going to spread as the earth turns day by day, and cover the earth. And that's what I believe he's saying to us here. The streams of of Edom will be filled with burning pitch, and the ground will be covered with fire. This is the judgment on Edom, and this judgment will never end. The smoke of its burning will rise forever forever. The land will lie deserted from generation to generation. No one will live there anymore. All of the people that are Edomites and maintain that Edomite uh, way, idolatry, are going to die and never return anymore. It will be haunted by the desert owl, the screech owl, the great owl, and the raven. For God will carefully measure that land carefully. I'm sorry. It's, for God will measure that land carefully. He will measure it for chaos and destruction. It will be called the land of nothing, and all its nobles will soon be gone. Unquote. So, how can we get hope out of the Bible if... All it says is gloom and doom. Well, there will be a return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He will be the mighty king who will take over every government on the planet. We all need to be preparing with him to become one of his co-pilots or co-rulers in his kingdom. That's what our lives should be about. In chapter 35, Isaiah says this, Even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers. Can you imagine fields of flowers everywhere you look? The fragrance that fills the air. One time I was going up to Chattanooga, and I came around one of the mountains there, me and my wife and kids. And this wonderful smell of real strong clover came over us, and it filled our car. And finally, we rounded around the mountain, and there it was, a huge, lush field of purple clover. It was wonderful. That was so good. And that's what he's talking about, in my opinion. An abundance of flowers. And singing and joy, we don't hear that today. The, the music today is trash. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. It's not happy. There's, it's filled with cursing and mourning and crying and dark themes and ugliness. No, thank you. That's not music. Singing and joy, that's something that will come. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There, the Lord will display his glory and the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands. There's your hope right there. Strengthen those Who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong and do not fear. For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He's coming to save you. See, it's a real on the ground salvation. It's not something spiritual set up in your hearts, contrary to popular belief. No, it's quite literal and on the ground. He's coming here to the earth to save you. Verse 5. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind. That is, he will heal them and help them be able to see. He will unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer. You ever see someone who's paralyzed from a stroke? They can't even move. I have a wife like that. She has now been in the nursing home for 17 years. The lame will leap like a deer. Someday I will get to dance with her again. Wow, I can't wait. That's going to be so fun. And those who cannot speak... And that can also happen in a stroke. We'll sing for joy. That sounds so wonderful. Springs will gush, will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams will uh, water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool, and the springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land marsh and gra- or marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jack excuse me de- desert jackals once lived a great road will go through that once deserted land and it will be called the highway of holiness evil-minded people will never travel on it why because they'll be dead and gone forever it will be only for those who walk in god's ways This is why I urge people to walk in God's ways so you'll be around forever and do wonderful things. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beasts. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. Wow! Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing crowned with everlasting joy that sounds great sorrow and mourning will disappear and they will be filled with joy and gladness this is albert hardy for bible prophecy radio you can go to my website jesus is why and you can email me jesus is why at gmail.com also You can read my books there, you can watch my videos, and there's lots of links to YouTube and stuff that build faith, that help you get to be in God's kingdom and family forever, doing wonderful things. Well, until next time, this is Albert Hardy. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in and listening today, and may God bless you in every way.